going on? I'm your host, Headphone Joe, and I'm here with the Duval Degenerate. Yeah, what's up, everybody? What is going on, Joe? Big week this week, man. Huge week. If you like rooting for an underdog like one of my friends, no names in particular, Brennan Tassif, this was the week for you. A lot of bloodshed going on in the NFL. So we'll get into the big topics, the kickoff, if you will. Uh, where we discuss all the bloodshed that happened in the NFL, some of the big upsets in the NCAA, and some topics that need to be discussed in the NBA. Then we'll get into the quick hits, where we touch on some things in a quicker, smaller fashion. Then we'll get into the walk-offs, which is an essay portion, a recap of something, or, you know, just some ramblings. And then we pedal our wares in the press conference. So... Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Brennan. Yes. What time is it? I really don't know. Because daylight saving, I'm very confused. What time is it? It's time for the game of the week. Game of the week. Oh, wow. It is time. Still big game. Game of the week. Huge game. We're talking Buffalo. Oh, I'm sorry. Different game. Wow. Uh, We're talking. We're talking. Folks, you don't know. Minnesota. Battling I had to do to make sure that was not the game of the week. A 9-6 game. He wanted to make it the game of the week. Well, let's uh, talk Baltimore. about it. Let's talk about Minnesota-Baltimore. <laughs> no, I'm you, let's talk about no, this I'm one. about to say we're not talking about it. Minnesota-Baltimore. The Minnesota Vikings go into Baltimore. And again, I said, I think I said this to Greg. Oh, this was an away game. No, this was a home game. It feels like every Baltimore game is a home game. I feel like yeah, they played one Baltimore. road game. And that was in uh, in uh, in Oakland, not Oakland, damn it, in Vegas to start the year. And I feel like every game since then has been a home game. Can somebody tell me what game they've played on the road? Uh, yes, I can. Get, um, get around the, to that. So, okay. if you have it already, go ahead and tell me. At De- yeah, they were at Vegas, then home, then at Detroit, at Denver, then home, 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 home. Jesus. <laughs> That's uh so they got Kansas City at home. They had the Chargers at home. Uh yeah, so they've the Colts at home, Cincinnati at home, Minnesota at home. Jeez. That's four straight home games? Yeah, that's yeah, they had four straight. Okay. And I a bye week. Tripping. So five five weeks where they didn't have to travel. Five weeks where they get to sleep in their own bed. So their back half of the year is gonna be terrible. So, Brennan. Yes. Are you ready to give Lamar Jackson the MVP? Uh no, not at all. Um, what? 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 <laughs> I uh so this is a thing. I uh, respect what Lamar Jackson's been able to do, especially the because on the ground. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> two sixty six is there. Uh, what I wanted Three to say studies. was because his first couple of seasons in the NFL, if they were down by ten or more, it was over. Like they couldn't exactly. come back. He's had three comebacks this season, uh, down 10 or more. Justin Tucker has been playing. Justin Tucker for MVP, maybe. He's been playing Donald out of Jesus. his mind. <laughs> Who gets ah, him in position? But, <laughs> no, um, I think, obviously, Lamar is the front runner, and so is Kyler, um, even though we'll talk about that a little later, Kyler being out. But um, I think he's definitely the front runner. I think the as far as MVP, though, it's more of a narrative. Uh, you know the, how the football writers like to do it. So I don't think... I have the narrative for you. I can draw it up right now. Narrative. I don't think they're going to give it to him like back, like so close together. It's not back to back. Go ahead. Narrative. I was, that's why I said. That's In why the I changed preseason, it. 
he lost all of his running backs and they had to make shift his entire running back core. And then well, he's he led one of the, the best running backs in the NFL himself. <laughs> so that's that? the narrative. See what I did there? <laughs> he had to completely, they had to reconstruct their entire running back core and he's the lead rusher. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, yeah, I mean, he's the front runner for MVP. He's not my MVP. Aaron Rodgers is my MVP, but uh, wow, that's a strong, <laughs> strong word choice right there. Uh, <laughs> kidding. Actually, to be honest with you, um, as much as it pains me to say, I thought it was Kyler. Um, but now that he's hurt, we'll see what happens. Um, my take on that: everyone's gonna come at me and be like, "Oh, you said once Kyler got hurt, they were gonna fucking fall apart." But let's Just save wait, it for right. when we get to it. Just wait. Oh, we don't know right, it is yeah, I'll though. save it. Let's no, we don't. That's why I brought it up. Uh, let's talk okay. about uh, <laughs> Lamar, though. Lamar has been playing very well. Uh, like I said, only had one in this previous. What was it? Two or three seasons. He only had one yeah. comeback when he was down by ten or more points. He has three alone this season. Um, the Minnesota Vikings is something I want to focus on because we said it last week. They have a, a roster filled with fantasy players, and they. They were up by double digits at one point, and this game just they got were, away they, from them. They started the game up 14 zip. Yeah. And then and it was after that, Baltimore came roaring back, and then it was just a back and forth ordeal that ended up going into OT. And Well, I was going to say in the overtime, it was crazy, too, because when Minnesota had the ball in overtime, it's like, all right, they just need to get like one, maybe two first downs and kick yeah, a field goal, and it's over. OT, yeah. And then it was a three and out. Like, huh? It was a three and out. They couldn't even do it. <laughs> It's. I don't know if it's bad play calling or that, and we're going to talk about it, but Zimmer's known as a defensive guy, and that defense has been a mess for the last two seasons now. Yes, for the last two seasons. Who did they play last week? I'm blanking on it. Who did Minnesota play last week? Yeah. Well, they gave up too uh, many points to that team as well. Yeah, it was... Um, I remember because we, no, we talked they didn't about give it last too many week. They, it was the Dallas game where yeah, they let the Cooper game. fucking Rush come back and score a That's, touchdown yeah. to end the game. And then, so they were up one. What was the play calling situation that week? Because they couldn't move the ball at all. It felt like after they got 13 points, they just sat on that forever. And they were up 16-3 going into the third quarter. Jeez. And then this week, they, they go up 16-3. No, this week, they go up 17. They're up. Wait, what? Is that last week you're giving me 16-3? Yeah, last week. I'm saying okay, against Dallas, like, huh, they were huh? up 16-3 going into the third. This week, they were up, uh, looks like, 17-10 to 10 at halftime. Yeah, so, again, Kirk Cousins has a mediocre showing, uh, less than 200 yards. No picks, but less than 200 yards in the NFL after 28 passes. What are you doing? And then... Yeah, Zimmer. I think Zimmer's done, man. I think his his shelf life is over. They, they can't stop anybody. They can't stop Cooper Rush. I didn't think they were going to stop Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, the only thing is, is the um, NFC is kind of a mess. So I honestly think um, if the Minnesota Vikings can put Minnesota's it together, a mess. Yeah, no, but I'm saying if they can put it together like they did. Remember last year they had that weird stretch where they won like five in a row. If they could do something and like they that again, eight and eight. They're three and, and five right now. But I'm saying if they can make the wild card, I think it's going to be... Um, if they make the wild card, their defense will fail them in the postseason. But I'm saying if they make if they make the wild card, there's no way Zimmer gets... I don't think there's any way Zimmer gets fired. I think he still can get fired. We've seen McCarthy go to playoff after playoff after playoff, and Green Bay eventually let him go. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. I just... 
It's Minnesota you can't, is weird you because can't they've got that for super high ceiling. I know. Trust me. I know. They have a super high ceiling. They have a very slow ceiling because their quarterback is not really good. Yeah, but those other players are fucking... But it doesn't help when your quarterback's not really good. That's true. Dalvin Cook, the case though, Adam for Lamar, Thielen, The fucking, case for Lamar as MVP, look at the skill players that Kirk Cousin has, and then look at the skill players Lamar has. Who do you want? Yeah. No, you're right. I would rather be Kirk Cousins than Lamar Jackson. I mean, Unless he's he's, he's more Hollywood Brown into a number one. Hollywood Brown has the the the, the drop skis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like my gosh, this all was right. the game of the week because it was so back and forth, and it was a little bit high scoring compared to all the other games. But neither of us really have our heart in this. Um, I mean, I, I know you love Baltimore. You love Lamar. That's your guy. Now, if you're a running backs kind of guy, uh, we'll get to that mm. with the next game with Derrick Henry. Mm. <laughs> let's get to it now let's get to it now my los angeles rams go down mm. it's okay though it's Stafford okay. did not play well we saw this last year with brady at a couple rocky games they're gonna mm. get it back von miller's on the team now he'll be out there next week it's gonna be okay i think i saw i want to focus on I how I right i was about running Whoa, backs what? not making a difference what? in the nfl because tennessee still wins this hold game hold on that had nothing to do with the running game did they pass uh, crazy? Did they run crazy? No. It actually Stafford had a bunch of key turnovers that gave them short field position and set them up for some easy tutties. I'm just saying, uh, Ewing theory in full effect, they're going to have to throw a little bit more now. Tannehill's going to have to open it up a little bit now that they don't can't rely on Henry. And that might actually be beneficial, did just like it was. Game? Did you watch this game? <laughs> yeah, I did. Did you watch this game? <laughs> the offense on both sides was very uh, lackluster, sluggish, which I expected from Tennessee not having Derek, um, but I did not expect from the Rams, especially with how bad Tennessee's defense was last year. And they haven't been how fantastic. They Started this off year. bad this year, and yeah, now and apparently they're good again. Fourteen pressures on Stafford. Um, Five sacks. Had, what, yeah, had three sacks. Simmons by had himself. three on his own. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, like three and like nine pressures on his own. Yeah, this defense really came alive. Uh, it was funny. Right when they showed the graphic, Aaron Donald, uh, Ryan Tannehill is the only quarterback Aaron Donald has not sacked in the NFL. <laughs> like literally the next play, he was like, "Fuck this," got and got him. But. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the Rams just had a bad game. It was definitely a bad game. Uh, as a Jacks fan, now, I know something about teams having a bad game. But uh, let me let me posit you this, Brennan. Go ahead. The Rams this year have played and beaten uh-oh, uh-oh. Chicago Bears. I know where you're going with this. Indianapolis Colts. The Bucks, Good one. Seattle. Which I think that's the game Russ got knocked out of. Uh, yeah. The Giants. The Lions and the Texans. Are they a yeah. sheep in wolf's closing? Um, clothing? I saw you, I had a feeling you were gonna go this way. Uh again, Matthew Stafford. I didn't say I didn't say it yet, but I was trying to say it. Matthew Stafford, nine and sixty-nine against teams winning records. Yeah, so this is the thing. On paper, the last what was it, last two years or so other than Jared Goff, the Rams have been poised to make a run on paper. They look great. Uh, this is the Minnesota Viking syndrome that we just talked about. They have a lot of these players where you're like, yeah, first round draft pick. Yeah. It's yeah. And you would think first round pick 
if you were assembling your own team. Then they get Matthew Stafford and everyone says, this is it. They're going to plug and play. Here we go. And Matthew Stafford looked like the MVP the first four weeks of the season. And then they they started playing tougher. Well, and then they started playing tougher competition and people started scheming against them. And then now all of a sudden it's like, what's going on with the Rams? Now I, as everyone knows, am a huge fan of the Rams and what they're trying to accomplish. So I'm going to say it's a blip, just like the Saints and the Tampa Bay games last year where the Saints like rolled them. And everyone's like, what is happening? And then they went on to win the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay. So I I think it's a blip. But this is alarming because this happened last year and the year before. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's the same same story, different chapter. Yeah, same story, different QB. Um, it, It didn't take until today where I was like, oh, wow, they haven't really played anybody. And the people they played beat them. Punch them right in the mouth. Arizona. Yeah, other than that Tampa, other than that Tampa game. Yeah. Yeah, the Tampa game is the only game that's like, okay. But then Tampa loses to the Saints. So it's like, all right, what is Tampa? Really? I can't really get a grasp on what Tampa is every time. So I want to ask you this. I know it was more of a defensive uh, game for Tennessee, which is bananas to say. But shouldn't be because they have a defensive coach. But no, I know, right. but I'm just saying the way right, the defense has the been playing thing. the last couple of years. Uh, if I, I don't know how to word this, I kind of want to tiptoe, but I'm not too sure because I'm not, <laughs> I obviously don't want to say like, oh, is the Derrick Henry, oh, is Derrick Henry overrated as a player? Because he's not. He's no. the best running back in the NFL. But if Tennessee can piece this together, will you come over to my side and saying that? Big contracts for running backs are overrated. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I I hate the notion because it's basically saying, even though it's probably right, it's just dehumanizing a a whole skill position. So it minimizes the contributions that those players have. You love James Robinson. You say say that they're interchangeable, but – my, Carlos Hyde did shit this weekend for you. No, I, I and see that's the thing is that it's all about opportunity, and sometimes guys get the opportunity, like James Robinson, undrafted at a what was it, Northern Illinois, Eastern Illinois, something like that, and comes in, in Iowa, and maybe I don't know, dominates, and then all of a sudden he was in the you know he's in the top five of run, he was the top three of running backs last year, yeah. and then he's out this week, and the team cannot run the ball at all, but then. You have situations like Zeke. Zeke, you know, holds out, gets paid, and now he's not, you know, he's not the Zeke he was before. Le'Veon Bell, I mean, we see it all the time when it comes to running backs. Look at uh, the Colts. Um, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor comes in and he just dominates. And I mean, he was a high draft pick, but still, it's it's one of those things where I think because the the position itself is so raw. Like as long as you have a little bit of vision and some power, like you're you you can be passable. Whereas like wide receiver, is, it's more difficult because it's route running, it's catching, it's a lot of things happening at once. But with a running back, and, you have and to, I just a quarterback has to get you the ball. Yeah, exactly. But with the running back, you just give it to him, and it's like, all right, let's go, let's see what you can do. And so it's, I I just that's why I feel like the position is so overblown because, I mean, Alfred Morris had a ten year career and he was a six round pick taken to the Washington football team in 2012. But how many of his teams were good because of him? 
But that's what I'm saying is if Tennessee keeps rolling, are we going to say they only made noise in the playoffs last year because of Derrick Henry, but now it's different this year? You see what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't make any sense. It's literally the same team. No, it's not the same team. They added Julio Jones. Well, you know what I'm saying. They Their defense has improved. Yeah. It's not the same team. But I, I don't know, man. There's been so many years. It's where just hard for me to say a running back can carry a team. The way the system is set up now, yes, but that's not your 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 argument. You're saying they shouldn't be given big contracts. They aren't deserving of the big contract. Where I think that's not right because we saw what Tennessee looked like the last three years, and it's mainly because of Derrick Henry. We see what the Vikings look like, and it's not because of Kirk Cousins. It's definitely because of Dalvin Cook. Yeah, Zeke's but that's what I'm saying years, is he made can, that team. But then all of a sudden. Tony Pollard comes in there. Now everyone's clamoring for him because he came in to spell Zeke when Zeke had his off the field issues and got injured. And it's going to be the same thing in New York. Everyone wants Saquon Barkley to, but he's not on the field. So it's one of those things where it's like, you can't, the running back position is so violent and it's so based in like three aspects, vision, speed, and strength. That's all you need. This this would go to a longer conversation, but I think that rookie running backs contracts should be structured differently where they get paid sooner. So they're getting paid for their actual productive years versus yeah, I agree getting with that. paid five years after the fact. And now they're a diminished product by the time. So then their contract looks bad because they're worse off at that point. But that's a whole yeah, separate discussion. I mean, I would agree with that. But what I'm saying is if Tennessee makes a run with Sands, Derrick Henry, that's, I don't think that's that is a bad reflection of Derrick Henry. Because no, they, I'm not saying because it. by that same token, if I if they go to the first round and lose in the first game, I can say they lost because they didn't have Derrick Henry. Because the past two years they had Derrick Henry and they went to the AFC Championship one of those years. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I just think that was pretty cool. I saw that. That was pretty dope. Did you? Yeah, I, <laughs> I just think. Joe, let me put it to you this way: as someone who played the position, <laughs> oh, I fit, no, I'm kidding, kidding. I just Which is running, the most confusing part ever. You played the position. You should appreciate the position more. Well, that's the thing. Is like I, I think it's because I'm saying if someone you were so disposable back then. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I just think. I just ah. <laughs> All right, all right, we're moving on. We got to, we got places to be tonight. We got things to do. Uh, and speaking of things to do, Kansas City uh, decided oh to put Jordan Love's family all the way at the top of the rafters. That's the that main thing I want to so talk dirty. about. That was like so ridiculous, man. Like, have a little respect and decorum for your opponent. Like, nothing else happened. This I really game, wanted right? to bring up a bunch it? of different stuff just to get you riled up, but I was like, no, nah, <laughs> I could see it in your eyes. I was like, we well, I'm not letting this happen. I was gonna be like, what's the big difference between Cooper Rush and Jordan Love? <laughs> what? <laughs> One wins. Oh no! I I was gonna say <laughs> no respect for Jordan Love. Uh, okay, so this what what was the final score of this one? 13-0, 13-6? 13-7. 13-7. They okay. were able to get a nice twenty yarder to Lazard towards the back end of the game. Yeah. Um. So when I saw it was thirteen zero, uh, it was like into the third, and I was like, I'm not watching this anymore. Um. Yeah. Trust Patrick, me. I was Patrick, solely focused on the Eagle game at that point. Yeah, what's going on with Pat? Patrick. Man, I, I don't know, man. I don't he, know. So this is how, and I said this, and I 
Go back to the tape. You did I say said this. you did say I this. Was screaming this. Everyone's like, "Oh, they'll turn it on. They'll turn it on." I was like, "You don't turn it on." <laughs> you you had it, but you didn't have it. But you had it, but you didn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> the way you set it up was people are saying they're gonna sleepwalk. Da 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 da. I don't think they're sleepwalking. I think they're getting constantly I think they're trying to the turn it on. They don't now. know how to react. Yeah, I think they're tr- trying to turn it on, and they're like, uh, "Click, click, 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 click." What's happening? A funny thing. A funny thing I was thinking about the other day was that um, Patrick Mahomes. I believe he was on the shop, and he had said that his whole first year he really couldn't read defenses. Like he was still learning how to read. Dan defenses. Marinoing it. Um, yeah, he was kind of just winging it. So, Throw and it then everybody's everybody's takeaway from that story was. Oh wow, he didn't even know how to read defenses. Imagine what he's gonna be. Now he's getting he's seeing different coverages. People are playing the two high safeties and not letting them get everything anything over top. And they don't know how to attack it. So yeah. is it like it's just a rewiring this year is basically it's not gonna be a wash because they'll probably still make the playoffs, but as far as him them looking astronomically better than anybody else, is it just like a hard reset after this year and understanding how teams are gonna play them going forward and how to exploit that? I think a big part of it is um, so what made Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes was his backyard style, almost Brett Farvian. Let's go out here and play. Like you mentioned, the Dan Marino. Dan Marino used to always say, I don't know coverages. I just throw to the open guy. And that that's what made it fun. And I think what has happened, and I could be way off base on this, but I think what has happened is he's trying to play more within the system where he's Mm -hmm. trying to make reads and read the coverage. And so what's happening is that's not his style of play. Just like we saw in the Rams game where Matthew Stafford was trying to sit in the pocket and he was getting like smothered. And then when they would do boots and rollouts, like Sean McVay likes to do all of a sudden they started getting down the field. I think with Kansas city, it's a very similar thing when he's sitting in the pocket and he's trying to force these reads and he's trying to force these plays He's turning the ball over like crazy. I think he needs to get back to that fun, loving, let's go out here and have a good time kind of play. I don't know if that's the solution, because even early on in the year where he was still trying to do some of that, some of those no look passes, though, with the opposite hand, those were becoming interceptions, too. Yeah, that's true. So I, I, I think, think, I think just it just takes a playing year. Smarter. I think, I playing smarter, but just. Given something that he's not comfortable with, basically playing the two high. So it's like you're not getting anything deep. So they play they have played in the last couple of years like we have home run plays out the gate. Yeah, it's almost so like Tyreek Hill is just a speedster, run. not a great route runner. It's almost, oh, who said that? Did somebody say that on this podcast? You didn't say he wasn't a great route runner. You say he wasn't a great receiver. It's two different things. Um but for that, they basically essentially they put mm. the fences up. They put the green monster up on them, and yeah. they said you can't hit any home runs. So be happy with hitting some doubles and singles. But they keep trying to hit the home run, and it keeps bouncing off the wall, and they get, keep getting thrown out at third base. Yeah, and that's actually the one thing I've been preaching since we started this podcast, and I've always been a big proponent of is. This is the NFL. Everyone's got players too. So like, yes, statistically, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill had these monster numbers and everyone's like, they're the best. They're awesome. It's like, yeah, the other team has good players too. So if you run a scheme, I'm saying if you run a scheme and adapt it to what we're exactly what we're talking about, two eye safety, we're going to run cover two. We're going to play down in the flat. You're not going to get anything deep. Then all of a sudden it's like, well, now your speed is null and void because now we're just playing over the top. You know what would really help them, Brennan? 
really good running back. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. Um, What we learned about Jordan Love, he is not ready. Uh, He is still developing. And Aaron Rodgers is right to call all his own shots because we saw Green Bay is nothing without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so the elephant in the room, Aaron Rodgers did not suit up for this game, Brennan. Uh, did you happen to catch his McAfee appearance? And what is your uh, feelings on uh, him not being vaccinated and praying at the altar of Joe, Joe Rogan? Rogan. Uh, <laughs> um, that was my uh, Joey Coco Diaz. Let me tell you something, Joe Rogan. Uh, no, uh, it, I did not see the full interview. I mm-hmm. did see all the clips that ran everywhere constantly about it. Um, Aaron Rodgers is an NFL quarterback, just like any player, any athlete, if they want to say they're not going to take the vaccine because they know exactly what goes into their body and they don't know what's in it. My hats are off to you. Uh, I, you know, that's your prerogative, but I don't, I, I think this is just becoming a, a reality show with him between the Jeopardy stuff and the offseason not wanting to come back saying he wants to trade at the most inopportune time hours before the draft when you know nothing's going to get done you know nothing's going to get done well apparently it that seems wasn't him saying like yeah, him and that Kyrie moment, should maybe that moment. but you know what I'm saying that's when the yeah. agents leaked it I think him and Kyrie should get a house together um, put some cameras well, in that house show, and I'd it like would be see. a great reality show it could still be called Big I, I mean Brothers. I have nothing to say like yeah, <laughs> I have nothing really to say about it. He didn't want to take the vaccine and that's that's his prerogative. If he doesn't want to take it, he doesn't have to take it. But you can't not take it and then thumb your nose at all the protocols that have been put in place to keep other people safe. You don't know what trainer or what um, admin who's like getting all the stuff ready for the press conference takes care of his 90 year old grandmother or helps someone in his family, or you don't know any of that shit. So the fact that he doesn't want to take it, that's fine. But then you are, you are required to follow the protocols that are put in place to protect other people. And the fact that he's pulling a Brett Favre whom he dislikes because the way Brett Favre treated him. And now that's the way he's treating the Packers organization is bananas. Sorry. That's all I have on that. For what it's worth. Apparently, he likes uh, Jordan Love enough to invite him to his Halloween party. So that's neither here nor there. But um, no, basically, go, going off with everything you just said, uh, that's my biggest issue with it. Like, okay, your body, your choice, you, your prerogative, all that good jazz. Um, the difference between the NFL and the NBA. All the stuff we're we, supposed to say. Yeah. The difference between the NBA and the NFL in this situation is Kyrie can't play, basically, because indoor versus the NFL, which all even domes are technically outdoor areas and spaces. So you can play whatever. That's fine. But when we see Carson Wentz, when we see Kirk cousin, when we see Lamar Jackson, all wearing their face masks because they've come out and said that they're not getting vaccinated. They don't want to get vaccinated. They're all wearing their face coverings, whether it's on the sideline, whether it's when they're going to go to dap up another player, whether it's at a press conference or they're having zoom press conferences instead of in front of the actual media, like, you see them front facing, taking all the precautions. Whereas uh, Rogers has been basically flippant and like, it's a big joke to him. And he's talking about wokeness and cancel culture. It's like, dude, what are you? No one's trying to cancel you. People just want to keep their family members alive. Like, yeah, this, is, this has nothing to do with Jalen Ramsey people. is one of the best corners in the NFL plays the entire game with his face covered. It's plays like the dark. whole game with his face covered. Yeah, so it's just the deceit. It was just the deceitfulness that really um, 
disappointed me, honestly, as a person who likes Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I'm just looking ahead of him away because some of the rhetoric he's speaking just sounds like very counter what he was and what he stood for for so many years and what he perceived, what I perceived him to be like. But again, that's why I always say I don't get attached to any of these athletes because we don't know them truly. We only know them until they show their ass. So he yeah. showed his ass and he can go kick rocks until he gets back on the field. He's a great talented player, but I don't think me and him would agree on a lot. One more round. Can I take this? You got it. Time for the game of the week. The real game of the week. Ah, ah, the Jacksonville Jaguars defeating the AFC reigning uh, or not reigning, but the pr- predictive favorite in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills. Joe's on his phone because he doesn't even want to hear anything I have to say have about this. I'm looking at uh, Josh Allen taking down the mighty Josh <laughs> Allen. So uh I don't know what that noise was. Uh, we win. We win. We, I say we, like I'm a part of the team. We won. Jacksonville defeats Buffalo. I don't really have anything else to say about this. Any given Sunday, huge implications for tiebreakers as far as the AFC. Huge implications when it came to betting. So many people lost money. Love to see it. Buffalo Bills are averaging 31.2 points a game. They were held to fucking six. Josh Allen, the defensive end, slash linebacker for the Jaguars, Picked off Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Bills, had a fumble recovery and a sack um, all against Josh Allen. So that was Josh pretty Allen awesome. Josh Allen I, crime. Yes, I left the bar at halftime because this game's. I was like, oh, the Bills are a slow starter. This game might get away from us with all the penalties. Again, I think the Bills had like 12 penalties, which was insane. Um but then I came home and was watching it, and it didn't get away from us. We ended up winning the game, which was awesome. Uh, this yeah, you is only obviously got slightly away from it. There, this is the <laughs> so this is the defense I thought we were going to have all year. We've been taking, and I what I mean by that is we've been taking edge rushers and first round defensive players for like the last five or six years. Thirteenth minute of this whole rant, and this defense looked great. They you know stifled the Bills. Who could not get the running game going again, but you know, they threw it like 30, 38 times, something stupid. Anyway, huge win. This is the NFL. Everyone gets paid. Everyone's really good. Remember this win the next time everyone's like, oh, that team fucking sucks. Remember this. Okay. So if I can say a couple things before we get out of here, Bills were without two of their offensive linemen. They're out, Dawson Knox, they're tight end. Um, also, Brennan. Are the Bills the Rams of the AFC? <laughs> because yeah, let me actually, run through this I, real yeah, fast. Yeah, I think they are because of... They lost week one to the Steelers, which is going to go down as one of the most inexplicable losses. But yeah. their wins are against Miami twice, Washington football team, the Texans, the Kansas City one... That doesn't that seem that great anymore. Great anymore. <laughs> and then they lost to the Titans. And now they lost to the Jags. So are they a bit of sheep and wolves closing? I I completely think they are only because of what we've seen happen with them. Basically, these teams. So like the Titans. Brandon? Yeah, they had that weird loss to the Jets. But it's like they're they're smashing teams that they should be smashing. And then. Like, I mean, like I said, Buffalo's averaging over 30 points a game. So to th- this was just a weird game. 
which you know shows that anything can happen. But at the same time, the last time Buffalo played in Jacksonville in the, was in the playoffs, and they lost that one too. So maybe we're just the all righty. Had to get him off that. Had to run a pick and roll to get him off that. Jesus. He was going to run through the speaking screen. Speaking of, speaking <laughs> uh, of upsets. Speaking of upsets. So Cincinnati, Brennan, I kind of forewarned this last week when after the, the Jets game, I was like, now is Cincinnati actually over the Cincinnati humps? Will they get it back together? You gave me some bad intel last week. I like that again. You gave me some bad intel last week because you said they were going to play Baltimore again, and they did not play Baltimore. They played the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns who just jettisoned Odell Beckham Jr., and apparently they're better without him because they put up 41 yeah. points. They're better without him. You know why, Brennan? Because their coach sucks, their quarterback sucks, and they're like, hey, we suck. Let's just hand the ball off. Like, that's the best thing for us I to mean, do. You say we should have tried to throw caught, the ball. Caught a reception yesterday. Nine different players. Okay. There was only 14 completions. They only threw it 21 times. They threw for less Spreading than it around. 250. Spreading yards. it around. Spread it around. The uh-huh. running back ran for a buck thirty-seven, two tutties, and a seven-yarder. <laughs> um, Odell Beckham is a volume receiver. He needs to get the ball a lot, and the Cleveland Browns are a running team. They're designed for that, so it wasn't a good match at all. Yeah, it anyway, it's a bad marriage. Um, Cincinnati, though, this is disturbing. I thought Cincinnati would play better. Um. Well, this game they got was the. Out. This was the Brennan game, if you want to look at the Cincinnati situation, because 40 dropbacks, five sacks. I don't even know how many pressures for Joe Burrow, but they played a healthy version of the uh, Cleveland defense. Miles Garrett was out there. Uh, uh, Davian Clowney Jadavian. was healthy and out there. Um, their corners were out there healthy. Denzel Ward had a, what, a pick six from like 100 yards yep. away. So. Yeah. Yeah they, but yeah, they were the best version of themselves, that being Cleveland. But I, I don't know what that says of Baker. If you can have a premier talent, yes, he's a volume receiver, but whatever. Jarvis Landry was a volume receiver when he first got there as well. If you, you have can't one game. play with good talent, if you can't throw the ball to talented receivers, you're not a talented quarterback. If you have one game, you taking Joe Burrow or you taking Baker Mayfield? I'm playing Joe Burrow. Okay, just glad we're on the same page on that one. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> not taking Baker. So Baker's big knock was his accuracy. Uh, he was only accurate on the run. That he he has a a cannon for an arm, but he likes to he likes to like he uh, he actually the body because he's short. Throw. He can't see over his uh, offensive well, line. Well, that's the thing is he likes he likes to throw as hard as he can. It seems like with every single pass, no matter what it is, he doesn't have a lot of touch. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and. Cleveland's designed to be a running team. That's what we all knew. That's why it was so devastating when Hunt and Chubb were both out. Uh, but Cincinnati, I thought I didn't think they were like atop the AFC, but I was like, all right, here we go. This is why you rebuild. You get the number one pick. You take the quarterback. You rebuild around him, and then they're going to start to play well. And they look like they were. And then they they just went into Cleveland, and there was like this buzzsaw. I don't know if it was one of those like. Cleveland was so overhyped because of you know Odell Beckham and that whole thing. I don't. This was well. Weird. They got Cleveland got their running backs healthy. Also, I mean Cincinnati, they might be a year or two away from where they're going to be. I mean it's Joe Burrow's second yeah. year, but he only played what no, seven games last year. At the end of the day, like they yeah. got off to a hot start, and we all kind of like we were all shocked and started riding them. But we jumped in the actuality, gun on that. They're yeah. still a very young team. Yeah, oh, that's true. Damn. Yeah, I think I. Sorry, you're good. I no, you. 
Oh, you played the wrong job. <laughs> yeah, I played the wrong job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Brennan. I don't have anything to say this about this one. You got nothing to say about this one? You got okay. nothing to say no, when you the want me to number take one it. team in NFC, Dallas Cowboys, 7-1, seven 7-1 and one, seven and one after winning last week with Cooper Rush. They get their star quarterback, Dak Prescott, who got paid a bajillion dollars off this offseason after we were talking about him for 18 months and coming off a leg injury that you said he would never recover from. Did you see? came out and played you? like a fucking world Yeah, beer. Has and he recovered? They lost. Has he, has he really recovered? He played so great in all no, the other I know, games. I know. But <laughs> they went and lost to the vaunted? Denver defense who just go. traded Von Miller and traded one of their corners, uh, which was a bit shocking uh, at the deadline. Um, I knew they would get rid of Von, but I didn't know they would get rid of one of their corners as well. Um, and they put up 30 unanswered before Dallas got some late touchdowns Garbage from time, some yeah. dude named Turner that I had never heard of until yesterday. Um, so this yeah. is another one of the, did, uh, did you see the big stat? Uh, I know we don't really talk about gambling on here, but this kept popping up on my timeline. Oh yeah, uh, like $3.8 million went the other way, Vegas loss. Vegas lost $1.2 billion with a B. Oh wow. On Dallas. Oh wow. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, because Dallas is America's team. It, all that means is they're normally, a, there's a ton of money that always gets dumped on Dallas and Dak was coming back. So people put their houses up on Dallas and then they got... <laughs> Uh, to quote my my good friend Mike Wilbon, they got blowed out. Yeah, Not really my friend, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, this wasn't a this was another blip game. This just was like the Jags Bills game, which I hate to say, but that's what it was. It was a blip. It was weird. Cleveland Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati's a young team, but they shouldn't have gotten blown out like that. Denver. They play this game ten. T- they play this game a hundred times. Denver loses ninety seven times. Like this mm. is this was. Another one of those games. And Teddy Bridgewater seemingly always does just enough to where you don't want to get rid of him. And then just enough to keep his job. Teddy too glad. Just enough to keep his job. Bad quarterback. Just a bad quarterback. I don't think he's bad. I think he's, he's not a just good quarterback. enough. He does just he's enough. Not a good quarterback. He's not a trans. He is on oh man, this I this I feel bad saying this, but the Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's comparable. He's huh? Ryan no, Fitzpatrick no, no. train. He's comparable to Kirk Cousin. He'll have some good games. He'll have yeah. some bad games. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he's mediocre. He's the Teddy Two Glove Cousins. <laughs> One more. Oh. That hurts to oh. say. All right. Yeah, it hurt me to say. But it's the truth, man. I've not been a fan of him since and I, when he was in Minnesota. One let year, me just people say, raved about him. He had 15 tutties and eight picks. I'm saying tutties so much because Kyle hates it, but he had 15 <laughs> touchdowns, eight picks, and people were like, oh, this guy's great. Like, no, he's handed to Adrian Peterson every snap. He has handled... Let's not forget, he had a devastating injury, and people thought he, he would never play again. was bad before I don't care. No, I know that, but what I'm saying is the I'm fact happy that for the he story, still but he was, he's has been a job this, is... He's been this since The forever, fact that he but. has a job and Chosen Rosen was out of the league in two years is amazing yeah. to me. The fact that he has a job and, you know, uh, Philadelphia Eagles took on the Los Angeles Chargers. All I got to say about this game is, yeah. you see what happens when you run the ball? All I've been asking all year from Sirianni are... Dumb coach who talked about planting last week for reasons I still can't understand. Um, all I asked this entire season was, can you mix in a run? Can you try running the ball? He waits until after Miles Sanders gets hurt to then have how many? 27 rushing attempts for this game. No, sorry, sorry. I'm looking at the wrong person. I'm looking at 
uh, the Chargers. 39 rushing attempts this game for 176 yards. It's almost like he had a vendetta yards. against Sanders. If you go back and look at the Dallas game, I believe they ran the ball a total of like four times. So, all I'm all this to say that I don't think Hurts is the future because his offense is better designed when we're running. He had a good game, but I don't think he, he he's not a consistent enough. Threat. We had three Time rushing attempts. Minchu, we had three Minchu rushing Mania? attempts. No, 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 no. That's way worse. That's way worse. But we, they had in that Dallas game, we had three rushing attempts. Three rushing attempts. Insane. And Miles um, Sanders is a good running back. Miles Sanders is a very good running back, but For we haven't been able worth. to see it. Haven't been able to see. Oh, shut your mouth. But yeah, um, Hurts played respectably, but we are a play defense run the ball team because we have a good offensive line that provides push up front. <sighs> We're good. Yeah. All righty, Brennan, it's time for college football. Brennan, we had a lot, a lot going on this week. Yeah. Uh, these upsets are insane. Brennan, have you heard of the spoiler makers? Yes, I have. The Purdue Boilermakers took down uh, Iowa earlier this year, and now they've taken down number three Michigan State, forty to twenty nine. Insane. Got anything to add there? Oh no, yeah. It's just as, and I went over this when we talked about them taking down Iowa. They've beaten what was it? They've beaten like. 10 or 12 yeah, they number have a one crazy or number like top, like top five teams. Top teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's insane. They, they do this. They do this. This is kind of what they do. Speaking of insane, uh, over a hundred points combined by Wake Forest and North Carolina, but North Carolina topples the number nine demon Deacons 58 to 55. Insane. There was a 50 yard touchdown was- to basically cap this one off. This one was disappointing only because Wake Forest was having a really good season and I thought they would I thought they would make some noise. Um so this is kind of this is one of those things where it's like, oh, I know they're in a Power 5 conference, but it's like, oh, I want to see like a small team from a Power 5 like make some noise and now that's out. Yeah. Like they're comparable to like Vandy as far as like a small student Yeah, that's exactly what I was in, thinking. In a big yeah. conference, yeah. And nobody ever speaks of Vandy because Vandy's god awful. Um, last but not least of the big upsets, uh, TCU, after jettisoning their coach Gary Patterson, get a spirited win over the Baylor Golden Bears. Are they still the Golden Bears? Over the Baylor Golden Bears, 30 to 28, and the fans stormed the field. It was quite a delight after a game ceiling INT, Brennan. Now, Brennan, you know what time it is. Time for everyone's favorite segment. Who's in? Who's out? Who's up? Who's down? Take it away, Joe. Who's in? Who's out? Who's up? And who's down? First, we're going to start off with who's out? Kentucky. It's been a fun run, but get the fuck out of here. SMU. See you in about six weeks, guys. Fresno State. Kick to the curb. Get on out of here. Who's in? Wisconsin finds their way back in at number 20 where they should be. NC State hover around at 21. Pitt jumping back in at number 25. Who's up? Who's down? Auburn goes down four spots to number 16. Wake Forest drops three spots from 10 to 13. 10, and this is off the AP poll, so folks. Uh, Michigan State falls three in the AP from five to eight. And 
Baylor drops four spots as well. Who's up? Oregon jumps up two spots. Number five, uh, Ole Miss jumps up three spots at number 12 after coming back off that defeat last week. BYU still hovering around the top 15. And University of Texas, San Antonio coming in at number 15. They were unranked in the college football playoffs. Brennan. Let's go over a little of the college football playoffs. Their first polls came out last week. Um, I'm going to give you the top six here. Just want to hear your thoughts. We had Georgia at number one, eight and no at the time. Alabama at number two, seven and one at the time. Michigan State number three, eight and no at the time. Oregon number seven and one at number four. Ohio State seven and one at number five. And Cincinnati eight and no at number six. Brennan, how does this make you feel? I think it's what we talk about all the time. Uh, They throw Cincinnati a bone by putting them at six. I really think the uh, committee doesn't want a non-Power 5 school anywhere near the playoff, which is, uh, you know, it is what it is. As someone who played at a D1 school that wasn't in a a Power 5, it's frustrating. But at the same time, these teams get housed by the Power 5 team. So it's like, what are you going to do? Uh you know what I mean? Like UCF had that one magical run beats who they beat Oklahoma or Georgia Auburn. or somebody. And it was like, Oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was Auburn. And then the next year, like they had another good run and then they got waxed and it's like, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. That's well, what happened. That second run, so, they ended up where well, they lost their coach and then McKenzie Milton ended up getting hurt. Uh, so yeah. hurt. Yeah. But still, it's one of those things where the reason why, like the Boise States, the TCUs, the UCS, the reason why those are so Cinderella, quote unquote, magical runs, because they don't happen very often. And that's the disparity between college and the pros is in the pros. Everyone's fucking really, really good. You look at everyone's roster. Everyone came from a huge school for the most part. It not even has to come from a huge school, but they're, they're talented. You look at their stats and they're talented. But in college, it's not like that. I fucking played on a division one team. I have no business playing college football, let alone being a division one player. So it's it's insane (laughs) to me, the disparity um, in college football. So I wish Cincinnati was in the top four, but I understand why they're not. That's my biggest gripe. Well, Cincinnati might find their way into the top five after Michigan State goes down. But Brennan, my thing is, if we make the comparison to basketball, one Everybody's clamoring for a 16, 18 playoff. Cincinnati will still find their way on the outside because there's no way they're letting them in over Michigan and Oklahoma when they'd humans be in are nine. involved. They'd be that nine. They'd be number yeah. nine. The humans are going to do what the humans can do to make the most money. Two, just like in the NCAA basketball tournament, you love a Cinderella in round one. You love a Cinderella in round two. By the time we get to the final four, give me Gonzaga, give me Duke, give me Kentucky, give me whomever are the best, most notable teams because that's what's going to bring in the cash. So they'll keep Cincinnati in at six. Like, hey, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But when they eventually leave them out, it's going to be because of the Tulsa results. It's going to be because of the Navy results. They're going to say they you didn't put up enough points on these teams to where you should feel like a big dog. So sorry, but take your little Bearcat shit. Back to Cincinnati. We'll talk to you in like 30 years. <laughs> Phil, that was good. That was good. All right, Brennan. We are yeah. running long. So, eh, not so long, actually. No, um, so, I got a couple questions to ask you in the NBA, buddy. Yeah. Is Golden State the best team? Golden State is by far the best team, especially when Clay, I've been far. wanting to. Yeah. I okay, maybe not by far. I mean, (laughs) 
Mobley, they're in Cleveland. They're playing out of their mind. No, but uh, uh, Golden State has um, accepted kind of their lot in life. You know, they don't have KD anymore. Steph's getting older. Draymond is Draymond, but they have, what is it, two top 10 players that in the draft the last couple of years. Um, they have Clay coming back from injury probably by January. Um, and they still have Steph. Still, Steph's still the best shooter of all time. So I think the way that they play in harmony with the picks and the rolls and the setups and the screens and the ball's always moving and people, oh my God, it's beautiful. It's beautiful basketball. <laughs> Unlike another team in the West, which we'll talk about next, which is we just bleh, basketball. Um, I think the Warriors, as far as the West is concerned, I think the Warriors are definitely one of the top teams. All right. Well, it's a lot of good points there. Um, they've played who's in front of them. They haven't played a bunch of tough opponents. Like uh, one or two playoff teams have been on their schedule so far. But yeah, Steph has been playing out of his mind. Draymond's been playing exceptionally well in his role. Um, still hate watching him shoot the basketball. It's the ugliest thing I've ever seen <laughs> since uh, Joakim Noah's free throw routine. Um, but yeah, they're making do with what they got. Like you said, they've they've cashed in on a couple of, of high draft picks. Um, not all of them are contributing, but a lot of guys are stepping up in their role. I think Jordan Poole had like thirty point game a couple of days ago. Um, they're eight one right now, sitting at the top of the conference, which is it, to me stunning. I, I, people were talking about them going into the season. And I was like, I don't know if they got it because last year at the end of the year, what they ended up number nine or number eight, they're in those playing games. So I didn't think yeah. they'd be able to bounce back in this way. But yeah, Steph is taking them to another level that I did not. I thought the ceiling with just Steph was only so high and they needed those other guys like Clay, like KD to really go to that next level. But Steph has displayed a, a, a skill where he, he's that guy. I mean, yep, we know 100%. he's gotten MVPs, but a lot of it was, you know, he didn't have to guard the best players. He could relax on defense and da, 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 da. Well, now he's kind of a man on an Island and he's, he's, putting the team on his shoulders and he's carrying them to the promised land. But Brandon, you alluded to another team in the Western conference. Yeah. And that team is the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh my God. What can we say about this collection of talent? Um, so LeBron is fallible. He is human. Um, he is out. He is injured. Finally, after an illustrious career, um, and seeming indestructible, it seems like he's getting nicked here and there. AD, uh, Obviously, I don't think he's ever played a full season in his entire career. You can correct me on that if I'm wrong, but uh, he's out. Um, and Westbrook, I don't, the hero ball thing is astonishing that he's still doing this. <laughs> but um, I don't think the team fit. I think it's trying to put square pegs in round holes. I don't think any of those players fit together except LeBron and AD. Um the Carmelo thing is, I mean, he's their friend. He's, you know, was is an Olympian. He was a, you know, he's playing uh, an well. all-star at one point. But yeah, but I just, I don't, I don't trust that team at all. Just that's, that's all I got to say is I don't, I don't trust that collection of talent. Like if you were to say, Hey, like we were just talking about golden state. Like if you said, you know, I had to bet on either golden state or the Lakers in their current construction, the way they are perceived right now, I would take the warriors every time because they play as a team. They play together. They play for each other. The Lakers, it's like a mishmash, like motley crew. Yeah. So the thing that, um, I won't say confused me about the Lakers, but the thing that we kind of all, uh, 
took as fact was, hey, them getting Russ is not. It's really to help preserve LeBron. So LeBron could take some games yeah, off yeah. and Russ can carry them through those games. They could get pick up wins and whatnot. And LeBron doesn't have to play every single game so he could rest and gear up for the postseason. Well, LeBron has missed, I want to say, four games. They've lost each one of those except one. Yes, they only beat the Rockets, which is a last place team, basically. Um, they the lost two the NBA, yep. to the Thunder, and those are the two of the three wins the Thunders have. And they lost to the Portland Trailblazers, which Dame Lillard and the boys, you know, that's is. that's going to be a tough out even if they have LeBron. It wouldn't be as tough if they had LeBron because nobody on that team could guard LeBron. But without LeBron, infinitely tougher. So it's going to take a little bit of time. I don't think they're going to be a top four team like we kind of thought they maybe end up five last year they ended up in the playing game i don't know if they'll end up there again but i don't know if this is a high level team um but in the postseason we'll see their three-point percentage they're taking like over 40 percent of their field goal attempts are threes but they're only making like just under 35 so they're gonna have to add shooting now they got a couple guys that are also still hurt like uh, tyler horton Tyler Horton Tucker and um, Kendrick Nunn, who are some of the younger guys that was supposed to help them with this transition. But both of those guys are out and uh, they don't seem to be coming back anytime in the immediate future. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of work that needs to be done. But Brennan, yeah, very facetious question and very lazy question Are the Heat the best team in the NBA? Uh, as far as the, I would say the, T, the Heat are a top team in the East. I'm not going to go so far as to say in the NBA. Wow. Um, we do love the Heat here on this podcast. Jimmy Jimmy Buckets is a Big hero fan. of ours. Ooh, a couple of things I did want to point out. They are, uh, as far as team statistics, um, for points per game, rebounds per game, and assists per game, the Heat are in the top 10 in all categories. They're fifth in points, first in rebounds, and seventh in assists. Jimmy uh, Buckets is averaging almost 25 points a game, which is awesome. Uh, Tyler Hero was the big question mark coming into this season because he played so well his rookie year, and then he had a huge slump last year, and then in the preseason he played really well. I mean, it's still early. It's too early to be like, oh, yeah, he's he's back, but... um. I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to let this team be mediocre. I think in basketball, it's a lot easier for one player to take over. And we saw him do it last year in the playoffs. So I would definitely consider them a top five team. I'm not going to give them the number one spot uh, that's reserved for the Warriors when Clay gets back. But um, I definitely got him up there. Yeah, no, they've been playing uh, pretty damn good basketball. Um, they were on a roll until they lost that game to Seven the Celtics where... Uh, Basically, it looked like the Celtics put the clamp on them. But um, Kyle Lowry, big addition. Um, we thought maybe yeah. he's a little bit older. He's a team and assist. He's a bit pudgier than a Goran Dragic, but he's <laughs> a uh, he's a quarterback back there, man. He really sets those guys up, gets them in position to where they need to be, and helps the offense move along so everybody can get the easiest shots. It's not about getting how many shots or uh, whatever, getting up so many shots a game. It's about getting quality shots again, quality looks. And um, the offense moves better when they have a, a field general out there versus Goran, who's more of a scoring point guard. Um, Kyle is looking to set up the next guy, not really looking to set up himself. And it, it makes his team look whole different than they were last year. Woo! Brennan. Let's make yeah. this quick. 
And you'd be surprised how quick and quick Neymar hits. Quick hit. Quick. Brennan. Right. Quick. Braves. Yeah. I called it, predicted it last week, said the Braves would win game six. I had the pitcher wrong. It wasn't Ian Anderson. It was Max Freed. But the Houston Astros, like I said, their pitcher was pitching first time on limited rest. Gave up. I mean, he gave up like four before he got pulled. But the Braves won it 7-0. Uh, carted around the city. It was glorious. Uh, what were your thoughts? Huge win for the Braves. Glad to see the Astros go down after the uh, cheating scandal from uh, a couple years ago. Uh, glad to see the Braves get the win. Also, the last time the Braves won the World Series, it was kind of had a little asterisk because it was the holdout season and all that kind of stuff. So I'm glad to see them win in a full season against a really good, formidable opponent in the Astros. Think it's not going to happen again for a while, though. Got the Dodgers next year. Oh, really? You're just going to go back to the Dodgers? It could happen again next year because uh, you still got Acuna coming back, um, and they probably should keep a couple of these guys that are in their outfield right now. Um, yeah, they did a really good job of retooling their entire outfield, basically, at the trade deadline, bringing in four guys, Adam Duvall, uh, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, and Jock Peterson, um, to fill in the roles for Acuna getting hurt and Marcelo Zuna going out for some domestic issues. Um it, not to make that limited, but he was like being his wife in front of the police. It was a very odd situation. Then he immediately got dismissed from the team. But um, yeah, no, the, the Braves did really well hobbling together. Um, I think the last game was like the only time a pitcher actually went more than four innings. It felt like, Jesus, uh, Max Free won about six. Um, and that's after like getting cleated, I think, in like the first or the second. Um, but yeah, huge win for the Braves. Shout out to them. Brennan. Tell me yeah. what's going on with your lightning. Uh, it's not awesome. We're third in the Atlantic Division, 6-3-2. and two. Uh, Had a couple of uh, wins. Uh, don't worry about who we're behind. I'm sure you're going to talk about it in just a second. Um, we did... Uh, so... We did have a big win against Ottawa, but then a loss in overtime to Toronto. But then we were on a three-game three, three game win streak. But it's so up and down. Uh, this has been... This has been a very uh, not as compelling season as I thought it was going to be coming into this year. I thought they were going to play. I thought they would be like dominating teams, um, but that is not the case at all. Uh, but still early, long Yo, season and dominating hockey, teams. Season. The Florida Panthers, who have only one loss, and that's an overtime loss, so we didn't even lose points on that. Brendan, we are 10-0-1. We are looking like world beaters. We lead the uh, entire NHL in goal differential. Um, shout out to the big three. That is Duclair, Huberdeau, the Huber dude, and Barky. All of them lead the team in points with 12. Duclair has eight goals leading the team. And Huber dude has nine assists. But I do want to take this time to shout out both our goalies. Bobrovsky, who I've been punching down on for like the past two seasons. He's actually having a really good year this year. His save percentage is up around 95%. And the young boy, Spencer Knight, who's at 92%, they have been holding their own, which is helping us. And then we have been scoring like, we've been scoring like crazy, man. And it's all sped around. And I also want to shout out Aaron Eckblad. I'm going to shout him out every freaking week because I said this last year, when he went down, our entire team change and now that he's back he has 10 points on his own from the defensive position so he is a big key a big cog in our entire machine so huge shout out to 
Peak too early? No. Uh, peak all season. Peak in the Stanley Cup Finals. Brendan, there was a fight this week. Uh, not a lot to say, but... Hey, yo, Canelo. Canelo, Canelo get in there. Uh, Canelo went against Caleb Plant. Was it Caleb Plant? Yeah, I believe it was Caleb Plant. I might have it wrong. Who knows? Uh, doesn't matter. Canelo made work of him, made mincemeat of this guy. By the time the, set, uh, by the, time the 11th inning came around, um, TKO. Canelo The 11th is, inning. I say inning? Dang it. I'm trying yeah, to did. talk fast. The 11th round. Thank you for catching that. Uh, I'll scrub that out in the posted version. Um, the 11th round TKO, by the time they got there, he was he was done. Um, he took too many big blows. Canelo landed about 40 of his power punches. Caleb landed. I mean, Plant had more jabs, but you're going to have to take Canelo out. You can't jab him to death. You're going to have to lay it thick. So... Canelo has unified the, I believe the super middleweight and everybody's clamoring for version three of him versus Golovkin. But Brennan, it's time for the walk off. Welcome to the big leagues. Two runs, walk off homer for Cabrera. You can smile, that's okay. And since I'm right. you are up first. I'm going first. So my walk off, <clears throat> excuse me, my walk off is called the black hole. Raiders as an organization used to be feared. The fans were wild and the team was daunting. That was many decades ago. Other than one 12-win season in 2016, the Raiders have not had double-digit wins in almost 20 years. 2002 was the last time. The term black hole was used to describe the fans and the energy the opposing teams had to face when playing the Raiders at home. But in the present context, that term seemingly is seemingly more about the organization as a whole. See what I did there? And thinking about the team since the mid-2000s, it was where great players went to fade away. Just remember some of the big names they signed that never really worked out. Randy Moss, Warren Sapp, Antonio Brown, just to name a few. They were in the top of the draft almost every year and could never pick the right player to turn the team around, mainly because the Davis family had an obsession with straight line speed over everything else. This is not a walk-off to bash the past performance of the Raiders, however. I picked them in an above average tier going into the season and thought they would have some success, but it seems they have fallen into their very own black hole. This is much bigger than sports. What has happened in the recent weeks has and will affect people's lives forever. John Gruden, despite his Monday night football tenure in the vetting process by ESPN and the Raiders organization turned out to be an ignorant bigot behind closed doors and seemingly thought he was above the court of public opinion because he sent said emails via a work account. Damon Arnett, a promising two that, or excuse me, a promising 2020 first round draft pick who played corner at Ohio State and was currently on IR, was picked even though he has severe character issues. In the first month he was with the team, he crashed three different rental cars, became combative and spit on a casino employee, and recently made pub, uh, publicly made death threats to an unidentified person via social media. The most disturbing and devastating incident, however, is Henry Ruggs III. Kill, oh, it's Henry Ruggs III killing of a 23-year-old woman and her golden retriever because of his reckless and flat-out stupid decision-making. With all these events, it seems the Raiders are in a black hole of their own. The silver lining is that the team has shown signs of growth with the release of these players and coaches, whereas in the past, it is a sure thing that settlements would have been paid, suspensions served, and the organization would try to move forward without even thinking about cutting ties with said individuals. I'm not optimistic for the Raiders moving forward as a football team this season, but I am somewhat optimistic 
for the Raiders as an organization, recognizing the toxic and devastating behavior and ridding it from the team. That's it. That was all I had. As you, that was very good, buddy. Thanks, man. All right, as Brendan pops gum in his mouth, and we still have another segment to go. Poor timing. Um, we're gonna change gears though. Uh, true. So to change gears right now, I will not be talking about anything serious. I will be talking about some football. Uh, I haven't given you guys a Fulham update in quite some time. I really wanted to see how the season would play out before I really got overly committed to talking about it on the show. And we have missed it. But we are on a tear. We're only two games back of the number one spot right now. We're still in an automatic bid, but Got a game against Bournemouth next month um, once everybody gets back from international break. That's also why I decided to do it now because we're on international break. Um, 44 goals in 17 games. We have a goal differential of 30. We are literally the best team in the English Championship League. Um, again, that's the second division, but there's no way we don't go up when Mitro has 20 goals in 17 games. Mitro's been on a tear. A lot of our pickups uh, in the offseason, Harry Wilson has been playing great. We're coming off a game, well, two games coming off of where we put seven goals on a team. Yeah, Brandon, we put a tutty on a soccer team. You know how hard that is? You have to kick in the soccer ball six, seven times. Almost at six times. And you get a field goal. So seven times. But yeah, um, it's been great. Been watching the following the team. Uh, everybody <laughs> looks amazing. Niskin Scabano, one of my favorite players. Uh, he's actually getting an opportunity this year. Some of the guys that had gotten like uh, not bigger contracts will be brought in as uh, transfers who have been getting PT and it's feel felt like they were only in PT because they were big transfer numbers. Um, they've kind of started phasing some of those guys out and just playing the best players and the politics have been taken out of it. So it's been really good to see some really good football. Um, and they're going up this year. They're going up. They're going up without having to go to the playoffs, which is the best thing and saves me a couple heart palpitations, but all right, time for the press conference. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. Brennan, where can we find you? You can find me on all social media at Brennan T Comedy. I also do stand up. Check out my other podcast, Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. You can uh, check out my website, BrennanTComedy.com for upcoming dates, everything like that. Just transitioned to a new job, so I don't have a bunch of stuff on the books yet, but I will here in the next couple of weeks. And that's it, Joe. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville. You can find me on, uh, I said Twitter and Instagram, didn't I? You can check out my website, joedorville.com, where you can check out my music under the head, under the moniker headphone, Joe, no O, no E in the phone. And also my clothing, um, my merch, for a better word, lack of a better word, uh, as well on joedorver.com. You can check out this show's Twitter and Instagram at Hearing Press. Don't forget to check out the network at anulo.co, as well as all the podcasts. That's Anulo, Misbehavior, Misbehavior Journal Club, and the Hamilton Podcast, which is Who Does a Pod? Terrible name. Great show. You'll have fun. We just did another watch party. We watched Moana this time. Didn't watch Hamilton. Very good because it ended an hour early. So I was able to get to bed at a reasonable time. Uh, but Brennan, 
let's get you out of your apartment at a reasonable time because you got some things to do, buddy. So, why do we play the game? This is why we play the game. <laughs> yeah. Hello? Hello? Huge shout out, Josh Allen. Best game in his career. My Josh Allen. The Jacks oh, Josh Allen. About Buffalo Josh Allen. No, fuck Buffalo. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Krevit. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network, and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again, and goodbye.